Congratulations, you found us. It's the only podcast called The Telmon Podcast, episode 71, July 17th. 2020. I am Tony Skaggs, joined as always by my good friend and podcast partner, Jason with an I. Jason, how did you do? I think I'm okay. Yeah? <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah. How's I'm, think how's so. I'm doing is fine. So. Uh, <laughs> how's you doing is fine. <laughs> um, so I, I uh, two times in a row now, we've, uh, we've taken the dog to the dog park uh, that has newly opened up near us. Um, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Uh, it's good to see him run around with other dogs, be a dog. Very nice. Um, but two times now, uh, we've stopped and gotten frozen margaritas either on the way there or on the way back. And uh, both times they knocked me on my ass. So I don't know what's happening, Chase. <laughs> I was going to say, is it one of those outside joints? Is it like just like they're having like drive-by service or something like that? Essentially, it's a regular bar. Beforehand, they were not giving you to-go frozen margaritas, but in this new world that we live in, they got a couple couple tables and chairs set up right outside. There's a new uh, New York ordinance where they have to also serve some kind of food with uh, with drinks. They can't just sell drinks, um, so we got a, a small thing of fries. But yeah, the very very strong frozen margaritas, and I felt them each time. You know, I think I was already like on the borderline of lightweight weightness. But I, uh-huh. cl- clearly something else has gone on in the last, uh, you know, uh, short period of time, at least. <laughs> I'll be honest, like, uh, I drank probably way less in quarantine or in, like, ever since COVID started. Like, you know, you expect the uptick, you know, to happen rather than, but I drank so much less. So I can only imagine, like, I have a glass of wine. I feel it goes in my head at this point. Okay, I'm glad. In being lightweight. <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad to hear that I'm not alone in that sense. Yeah, but uh, here's the question. Were you guys wearing masks when you were doing all this? Yes. And what's the etiquette on that? Is that, like, proper to ask people that? Is that become a rude thing? Like, an accusation? Like, why wouldn't I be? Or, like, or is it, like, not anyone's right to know if I wore a mask or not? Like, uh, you know, I wonder if there's, like, a, if it's the right or wrong way to do that. <laughs> as, as a mask wearer... I am not upset by the question. I'm happy to let you know that I'm wearing a mask. Um, You're happy? <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. Anybody who wants to know if I'm wearing a mask, the answer is absolutely yes. Now, obviously, you know, we're walking. If we're distant from other people, we have our drinks. I will pull the bandana down and partake in my beverage. But if we're going to be passing by people, if we're standing at like a corner and there's red light, other people by, throw the mask back on if I'm not, if I'm not uh, checking out that straw. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the move. I mean, granted, though, like, being in a hot zone, it's like none of that feels really all that great or trying to do, you know, going out too much. But we did go out, like, I think uh, last weekend, and we were able to go, like, to a little dining place. Not not for long, but we wore a mask inside, just took them off, like, when we were eating and put them back on. So, uh, but who knows, like, exactly what the rules are. But I, I also just like wonder how it's because it's going to become part of our just like societal con you know part of our conversation is vast so I think it's going to become kind of commonplace because it's going to be here with us for a while like I don't see there going to be any you know a point like this year where it's like you don't need masks anymore I mean I'm like because even if a vaccine were to be developed by you know close to the end of the year it still take a lot of time to get it all tested. Get 
get it actually for distribution. So I see us with Bass, and like I, I wonder, if, like you know, this is just going to become part of our normal conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it might be, and I also don't think that that's such a terrible thing. I mean, you hear a lot of people talking about how in some of the Asian countries that masks are you know, very prevalent, you know, and people will routinely, and you see it here in New York City too, people of other, you know, uh, all different kinds of cultures wearing masks. And is it that person is wearing a mask because they're worried about what you might have, or are they themselves under the weather or feeling some effects and they have decided to wear a mask? Either way, you know, people say, well, you know, you don't wear a mask, uh, you know, everyone has the flu or, you know, flu is such a big thing. You don't want, maybe we should be wearing masks Maybe this would be better overall for the public health if we took a little bit of this into our own hands. Yeah, I mean, I wish, like, because things are obviously very politicized, there's that aspect of it. But I really do wonder, if, like, you know, what if somebody was like, because, I mean, in reality, what is the purpose of that question, right? Like, if they did or didn't do it, you can't change what they already did, right? Like, so the only reason to really be able to ask them for it is either to just chastise them if they didn't, right? So I could understand like people feeling like, especially people that are not wearing masks. You know, exactly. Like, that's 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 the rude rude question. Those you are know, the only people that care be, about that question. And there might be people that do wear masks that don't want it asked in general because they don't like the idea of like you know like the citizen police, right? Like the snitches out there, like, you know, just whatever in general, like trying to find out who's wearing, who's not wearing. So like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll wear a mask, but I feel like I don't actually even think really. I mean, I kind of just asked you it because I was trying to, you know, kind of, cause I was wondering, is this even like normal or is it acceptable or is it okay? Because yeah, I don't like, I don't think it's, going to change anyone like by doing it that way so i'm just like maybe just let people be one way or the other well what a, what a terrible thing to try and troll someone for oh you're wearing a mask what do you think that helps prevent a disease yeah yeah i do i think it helps prevent a disease oh, and man. that's why i'm wearing it that that's that that seems like a fine reason to wear something uh you're covering my face yeah i mean i agree Right. I agree. Obviously, we're wearing a mask. Like, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, you know. Right now? Uh, no, obviously not no. right now because I'm no. inside the apartment. But, uh, but what I'm saying is, like, do you feel it's an effective thing? So, like, do you, like, become kind of part of this kind of weird Gestapo of, like, like, of, like, trying to figure it out, trying to pressure folks? Like, I feel like, I don't know. Do you think like it works? Do people bow to the pressure of like their their friends or family judging them for not wearing masks? Like, I wonder if that happens. Because I imagine most people that would wear masks are just wearing masks, and the people that are not are either don't have the resources to get a mask, which feels a bit silly. Like I don't think like I think there's a a lot more you know there's a lot more people that that isn't the case, right? Like, but there may be less to count for that. But I mean, the rest of the folks just either ignorance or it's political you know which i guess you can say ignorance there too but like yeah i don't know like i don't know if it if if, it, if it's going to you know ultimately be persuasive like for yeah these folks. I, I think it probably depends where you live but i think the majority of people don't really care and want to take the path of least resistance so where here in new york that might be to wear a mask 
maybe where you live, the path of least resistance is to not wear a mask, right? You get less people giving you looks when you're not wearing one. So you'll say, ah, I'll just go wear one. I just won't wear one. That's yeah, my guess. Although I, you would I, think that maybe California would be a place, you know, these liberal elite coastal, coastal elite areas where <laughs> people are just, um, you know, constantly they're, you know, wearing beekeeper outfits. They're so uh, intent on protecting themselves, they're, you know, dressed in radioactive kind of protective gear. Uh, but I have a buddy that lived out in uh, California for a very long time and is sending me like memes and posts and videos that a lot of his other Californian friends who are so against mask wearing are, uh, are thinking. And, you know, so and these are, you know, people of all different demographics. So it, uh, it's surprising to see sometimes how it, it plays out across the country. Yeah. <laughs> we have a really, really toxic, like national discourse politically and stuff. Right. So, um, but along with that, you also have people that generally kind of just go into conspiracy. And then there's also the case that the government and our health professionals didn't do a good job as far as specifically related to masks. Right. I think they have done a great job in regards to a lot of other things in the management of this crisis, but how they handled the mask, you know, situation is that mandatory? Is that not, is that something people should be doing? I think that's left a lot of damage, you know, for folks that they were maybe probably would, like they felt kind of burned by that whole situation. So, I mean, I think there's, there, it hasn't been helped, but I also just think it's some of these folks are just some of these folks, right? Like either it's such a political issue or it's like, they just kind of believe in conspiracy and the stuff like this isn't real or this isn't that dangerous or it's like somehow they know better than that don't have any efficacy. Uh, you know, I think we talked about it, I don't know on the last part or not, but it still comes down to, uh, it doesn't cost you anything to do it. Right, like I get these like elaborate crazy you talking about. The first step is just putting on a mask, and then like the next step, you're putting on a burqa. Right, it's oppression yeah, right. everywhere, <laughs> and, and and like that's not honestly like the case. But you know, it, in reality, it's just you're putting a article of clothing around your face, and like when you're inside of a place, right, or you're in a place like in an area where you can't avoid being around people, like that's literally like a strict it's not like you can never be outside or you, you have to sit inside with a mask it's literally if you're going to go to the store if you're going to go to uh you know the bank or whatever right you, you go in there wear a mask when you go in there because you're not going to be able to always keep distance from people and if you're outside wear a mask if you're going to go to an area where there are a lot of people which you probably should try to avoid if you can too you know in general yeah, and there's a lot of sick, nasty people that take don't take care of themselves anyway. So wearing a mask would have been a good idea this whole along, this whole time before we even knew it, all along. Um, I I will say too, I think I just hope that these people that are so anti-mask, you know, live their life accordingly. That they don't wear a seatbelt because they're you know very being oppressed in their own car. That yeah. they never wear shirts and shoes when they're going to look for service. You know, <laughs> don't pick up their dog poop. Ex, you know, expose themselves in public constantly because you know you got to have your freedoms at all costs, right? Yeah. I mean, don't tread on me. It's a it's a hard if 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 the debate is what they want, it's a hard debate to have. You know, it's a hard debate because for that simple point, like you pointed out, you know, these places or the government can require you know they can require clothes for decency purposes. They can probably, you know, require a mask for health purposes, you know, and 
it's it's a hard thing to say like nobody can ever tell me what to do or what to wear and say well it's technically you can't go just get naked right you can't just get naked and just be out in public so yeah they absolutely can tell you how you can look and what you can do so i mean it's if they want to try to parse out the nuance between a mask versus pants, they can go ahead, but it's probably not going to get them far. Yeah, and you know, Walmart isn't a public institution. It's a private business. Just like if you go to a private school and they have a dress code, right? You can't then, unless you're maybe uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and you flip your, your jacket inside out, you got to you know, pertain to what they are saying is uh, you know, what you have to wear. Yeah, but you're not going to reason folks into it, right? Like, I, I think the thing that they have to understand and the persuasion is that this thing is real and that masks actually have a positive effect of, like, reducing the number, the spread, right? Like, those two things have to be showed in a convincing way. And for people that tend to get into really either conspiracy or they get down a rabbit hole where they kind of get in this weird entrenched position now where they're like, they can't back down and they decided the hill they're going to die on is going to be not wearing a mask, right? Somehow they've like made it into being something more than it actually is. And, and like, unfortunately, those people are the ones that are going to be affected, you know, and it, it, it's crazy. But and also everyone else they get around. Yeah, and I know that you didn't mean to, you know, use the term ironically, but hopefully those people that aren't wearing masks don't literally die on that hill, right? And I have seen yeah. those posts too, where people, you know, an, a very passionate anti-mask person um, ends up passing away from COVID um, in very, you know, dire circumstances. Uh, and then, you know, the other side of that is, you know, you have people then, you know, mocking that person's death, which is unfortunate. And we, you know, we don't want that. That, the, that person's life potentially could have been saved if they did things differently, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we should relish in the fact that they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that kind of shit is disgusting. And like no amount of moral justification like makes that okay. And if you're doing that, like really wonder how much has your brain rotted like from like, you know, all this shit that you think it's literally, you pick a side and this is what you do and anything goes and it, like you don't have to act like a human being like, you know, someone dies, they die, right? Like, they died making a decision that wasn't a great decision. Like, okay, you know, they'll have to, obviously, you know, that, that affects them and their family and everything, right? But still a human being, like, the least you can do is just kind of have at least enough respect. I mean, like, what political points are you scoring? Like, how do you think you even look when you're taking something like that and you're trying to, you know, fight the football on it like it's it's just dumb it's like and it just it's inhumane yeah use it to make the case that you know people that are still living should wear the masks but let it end there yeah <laughs> i mean yeah like i i always think like the best way to try to get these folks is as much as you can hopefully these are people that are close to you and you can personalize and connect the dangers there are to it you know um You'd like to say you don't need somebody that knows somebody that got sick from COVID or, you know, passed away. But that probably has a bigger effect of getting people to do more stuff than not, right? Like that, like that will be the thing that will like move people that aren't wearing masks, unfortunately. It's like when either themselves or somebody else they know gets sick and um, they realize like, cause even if they survive it, like if you're, if you're one of the, the people that 
are dealing with symptoms and they're not asymptomatic and it just passes through, some of these symptoms are really bad. Like even if you're surviving and you don't end up on a vent, like, you know, people are talking about like fatigue, cloudy headaches, like, you know, breathing issues like months later. So um, it's, it's just really, really bad. And like, I, I hope everyone wears masks and can all kind of step back from the ledge. And I want to try to make it as easy as it is for those folks to come back into the fold of our masks, right? Like, I don't want to like push them further away. I want to give them every ramp to get on and say, wear a mask. And I, and I think the best way, it's never going to be like just kind of getting in their face about it. Um, so you just got to like wait till they're sleeping at night and, you know, leave some fashionable masks on their, you know, countertop and hope that they think, oh, the mask fairy was here. I guess I will wear a mask. <laughs> I mean, it's probably better than getting in their face and going like, why aren't you wearing a mask? It's like, you know, most people just don't respond to that. Shit. Start videotaping them? Yeah, like that should go over really well. <laughs> there isn't enough of that, of everybody having to capture every moment and hoping that they're catching, capturing a viral moment. I'm, I'm supposed to go to my, uh, my Fox News grandmother's uh, house tomorrow. Should I just walk in, be rolling, live streaming immediately when we go live on the gram? <laughs> Grandma, put that mask on. With Graham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you, are you going to be wearing masks? I mean, I'm going to wear it. There's that question again. <laughs> yeah, no. I, so the plan is, um, you know, my, uh, my parents are driving us. We have the dog. I, I offered for us to go solo. Um, and my parents said, no, that's fine. We'll drive you. I said, are you sure? Are you sure we're doing everything we're doing to try and protect you? Are you sure that that's fine? They say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not concerned. And to be fair, you know, I, you know, they are being extremely cautious. They are in all the time. We are being, you know, very cautious. Um, but we will wear masks in the car with them. Yeah. Right. So that's somewhere. So yes, we'll be wearing masks in the car and then, you know, we'll be, uh, presumably outside most of the time at my grandmother's and um you know i think the mask will kind of be on and off depending on what the circumstances but you know I, my grandmother's 90 years old i'm concerned about her health um i believe i don't have coronavirus but i'm you know you, you never really know right so mm-hmm. um so it's you know for for her well-being uh there probably will be some mask wearing now listen is there a part of me that's wearing the mask so that I can rub in her face? Maybe, maybe, Jason. But Are you wearing two masks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Double it up. I got the the cloth one. I got the medical one. I'm gonna wear a gas mask. <laughs> and a and gas she's mask. not gonna be wearing one. Just just double checking because I mean, exactly what you're implying. Oh, so she stated that she won't wear one. <laughs> no, there's been there's been no um no talk from them about it, but I'm sure that she's not wearing a mask. And I don't even know, you know, um, you know what her uh, what her breathing situation is like as a 90 year old woman. Maybe she's got a reason not to wear one. Which she talked about this before. If that's the case, that's fine. This is, you know, get yeah. a doc, get a doctor's note when you go to the <laughs> store, or send someone else to the store for you. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that going to the store might be a risk. That that's worth avoiding for as much as possible. Yeah. It'd be funny if she is actually wearing a mask, like complete third job by surprise, but it's like a bright red MAGA mask. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd take it. I'd be very, I'd, yeah, I'd, right? I'd, I'd comment, I'd comment on its fashionableness. I'd say, wow, look at you, Graham. I'm real yeah. proud. Of, I'm real proud of you. Right, let you me, agree? let me end this live stream right now. There's no need for this to continue. <laughs> you got a mask on. So yeah. you're going in expecting the drama. 
I mean, that's always the case over there, whether it's political or family. <laughs> so, um, but no, no. What, I think, what percentage of you enjoys that though? Like gets up a little bit for like the, it's been a while. I haven't mixed it up with anybody. Things have gotten very boring, very stale. I need to liven, like I need a little bit of, I need a little bit of something thrown into the mix, right? So it doesn't like every, everything, like, like, are you thinking there's a party that ever goes in? Like, cause you know what the deal is, right? Like, it, I have like relationships with like certain members of my family that I'm probably, it's, you know, it is always a little dicey or things like that. But, but I wonder if like, there's a part of it, like, I mean, and I could say for myself, maybe sometimes, but like for you, where you just feel like you, you're like, ah, oh, I fucking ate it, but it does spice it does spice things up for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say maybe maybe not even five percent, right? It's a small. Wow. Sliver. What what it oh. is is that five percent accounts for like, oh, I would have a sick burn on my grandma if I if she said this because I would come back with this. You Do know? you and write like, down like burns on your grandma? Like you ever like just like you be inspiration hits you and you're like, oh, that'd be a fire line to use against. Nah, I, I don't Put have a like a, I, or something. I don't have a rhyme book of insults on my grandmother. No, <laughs> that would be something if you did though. <laughs> yeah, no, I just keep them in the top of my head. You know, I do a lot of head fighting. I don't know if you if you ever head fight in the shower or, or any place else. I, I might. I would imagine I have right. Like I mean, like I. Like, but I don't know if it's a regular thing, but I definitely imagine that I've done that. Head, head so fighting. Like, is, is it head, like a daily thing for you? Are you like battling up like in the shower every time? No, nah, not every time. No, but I, you know, it's a, it's a favorite pastime of mine. <laughs> just have, just have an argument with someone in my head that doesn't, you know, p- the potential of an argument is going to be there. So I'm like, I'm going to play this out in my head. Does everyone at some point make it onto your summer jam stage or what? <laughs> Um, I mean, if you, if you get close to crossing me, if I feel like I need to prepare some bars for you. <laughs> have you ever had like perfect execution where you're like showering, you got, you're having your pretend fight or whatever, you're like getting off these lines and then you get the opportunity in real life. And then you actually like, you deliver, like you, you you're able to get the shots in the way that you envisioned yourself getting the shots in or has uh, it never, never never come to fruition like that no and i would say probably reason number one is because i'm like a pussy that wants to avoid all confrontation <laughs> so the best place for me to fight with someone else is in my own head <laughs> but i feel like with your family maybe you feel a little more comfortable like, like i i, I could see you around where it's like yeah like strange mix of folks that you don't really know of course right like that's not your energy but with your family where it's like you are you know them right like you're comfortable and you love them and all that you know all that stuff but like there's a comfort level there right so if you're gonna fight with anybody i guess it would be that person where you're not gonna feel like you're not you're not shook right you're not shook either. no definitely but i would prefer that everyone was just peachy keen yeah right i would i would prefer that my grandmother choose not to needle me about you know whatever the latest thing she saw on the five with jesse waters was yeah you ever try to just hit her with like the oh cool? <laughs> I don't think she would get it. <laughs> no, I mean like I don't know. Like I would just like I'm I'm wondering of like if you can do it in such a way where you're like, all right, cool grandma. Like, you know, just kinda hit her off with like, it's fine. Like, you know, like you're not actually bothered. Or is it like you you find yourself like impossible to like be able to just like when she's doing something intentionally to bother you, like do you respond to it like either with like a sarcastic answer back 
or visible anger on your face? You ever yeah. like just able to look at her ice cold and just like who? No, because I'm not. I'm. It might have something to do with me not being ice cold and or cool. <laughs> it goes against my nature. Maybe we can work on that. Uh, it might be too late. <laughs> I have a long. I have a long history of getting heated when they say the wrong thing, which is which. Them saying the wrong thing also has a long history. Uh, um, yeah, I, w- I wish it would just be it would just be chill. My grandmother wouldn't needle me, and I wouldn't have to head fight her and like try to think of. Uh, think of burns for her and, I, and hopefully tomorrow you know haven't seen them in a while they'll be meeting the dog for the first time there's no reason for my whole family won't be there right it'll be a small sliver of us there's no reason for things to get uh get out of hand tomorrow yeah i mean i hope not like i mean i hope for you all your all your sake for getting together like under those conditions like it would be a good a good time rather than than a tense one where it ends up with like a blow up or something and the other problem with it too is that if I do in the moment think of something that I think is a good comeback or at least like a snarky remark that could like leave a sting a little bit, mm-hmm. I, then I can't leave it alone, right? I can't not, you know, say the thing that I think is funny. Well, yeah, you got to do justice for the line. Exactly. And that's and whether... I having a great job in leaving it in the book, you know? Yeah, whether it is, you know, uh, trying to insult my 90 year old grandmother or just like saying something off the cuff with like a group of friends. If I think of something funny, I need to say it out loud. Mm. But it has to be fun. If I think it's funny. I mean, it doesn't have to be funny. I just have to think it's funny. (laughs) You've said, you've (laughs) said previously, you think I'm like 70% funny. I think the number is more like 90 regardless. I'm still saying it. I'm still shooting. I'm still putting up 60 shots like Kobe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, which is hilarious. I, I still feel like you, you feel slighted by the 70, which I imagine is a very good number, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, you're in the I think percentile of funny people, right. You know, like that's, that's good. Like, you know, there are a lot of people in the world. Yeah. I think yeah, at the time you told me that you think like, most people are probably in the 20 or 30% funny uh, and I'm 70, but I feel like it's more than that still. I'll take it. I'm, you know, I'm, it's, be, it's better than 60, but I'll take 20, 30. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, I, I guess median really should be 50 50. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I can see you being two deviations off like the average funny. Like, you know, I think that, I think that's a good level of fun. I you appreciate know, you're it. Not, you're not intimidating, but it's <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> um, one thing I, I am worried about in the, you know, political conversation realm and and just trump in general because every day it's like a a, it's the new same thing that we're going through trump does or says something either ridiculous or uh, makes no sense or borderline illegal or blatantly illegal and there's a bit of an outrage about it and then everybody moves on um it's starting to make me think that i have trump derangement syndrome and you're you're aware of that what that is to begin with? Yeah, I think they had. I don't know if it started with Bush or Obama. I think it might have been Bush. There might have been there was a Bush derangement syndrome, and then there was Obama derangement. It just looks like whoever whoever's in power, the other the other party's going deranged. That's that's been like the call for like the last three presidents. But yeah, yeah, now, yeah I have a pretty good sense of what it is. Now I can easily make the case that what Trump derangement syndrome is, is actually thinking Trump is good. Looking at the things he does and being <laughs> like, this is what a normal person would do. I'm happy that our president is tweeting fic- pictures with Goya cans. He's a, ve- he's a very stable genius. That 
seems to be more of a Trump derangement syndrome, but in what the classic, uh, you know, Twitter hashtags with a, you know, have you represent because like the Goya thing, you know, it, I'm find myself like I'm being gaslit all the time where I'm like, I'm upset by this, but it seems very silly and yet serious at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think the last part is probably the most important thing, which is like making sure you have a clear line between what's serious and what's silly. Right. Well, like, he does serious things in silly ways, right? Like, you know, he uses the office to promote a product by taking a smiling photo of him with beans. Yeah, and I think it should be called out just in the general because you shouldn't be promoting products. Like, you know, that's just something you don't do. But I also put that in the silly category, right? Like, what's the major consequence of it? Is it, you know, is it setting a bad example? Is it bad behavior? Absolutely. But is it, like, serious? Probably not. You know, more of what he did as far as detention centers, his response to racially divided times, you know, like those are serious to me, right? Like, but there's plenty of shit he fills up, like the air, him taking hydrochloroquine, right? Like that being a thing, like there's so much of his stuff that's just silly. So I think like having a good barometer on that is the thing that can help you not be in the Trump derangement, you know, being like feeling that. And it's actually just kind of a good level of exasperation and just actually calling out the wrong thing, the wrong thing, but also not like completely letting it like, you know, get your brain and invest in like, you know, in, in fast, really, you know? Now, where would you put him commuting the sentence of uh, his buddy, his pal, his loyalist, uh, Roger Stone in, in that, uh, that timeline there? Yeah, I mean, I would put it somewhere in between where it's like, is it under normal circumstances, as far as everything going on that we're dealing with currently, like, that would be, that's just something that hasn't been done, you know, literally a president pardoning somebody who's tied to the, you know, accusations against the president's behavior, too. Like, that's yeah, who, who was convicted by a jury of lying to cover up for the president. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I you mean, can, like, you know, it's just, it's, and, and, and now I'm, you know, I'm derailing in my Trump derangement syndrome, but here we go. Like, <laughs> you know, you can, you know, make whatever claims you have about, you know, the Obama administration being corrupt and, you know, whatever theories you want to present or whatever, you know, and, and you can, you can back that up and you can, you can have that, right? Take that. But mm -hmm. how do you not look at that when I just laid out someone convicted of lying to help the president? then commuted by the president. You know, how is that? That is the definition of corruption. I mean, they're, they're either not believing it outright because they're, they're following news sources that tell them that it's not so, or, you know, they're so invested in him as a person, as a politician, as a president, all these things that they don't allow for, you know, information to kind of come in that would challenge like their worldview. So, I mean, that's what I think is happening, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, they're not going to like, you could, I think, you know, hopefully keep presenting stuff and maybe, but like people that are kind of that far gone, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to bring them back to be like, and you're going to not be able to point out something to them and be like, you know, how can you not be upset by this? Like, this is exactly the stuff that, 
you know, the president said when he was coming into office that he was going to fight against and he's in the swamp, right? Like, as he would say, like all these things, you can point all of that out, but someone's got to be willing to accept the facts you're saying. And then number two, like be able to accept that and then like not find a place of denial about it, right? Like to lash out at you for presenting those facts. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. I find myself, you know, struggling with it as I get gaslit, uh, you know, throughout the day. Uh, every time, every time this guy speaks, it, it I could completely get it, man. It's maddening. Like it's maddening if you give yourself that much energy and attention to every single thing like that's happening, right? So I think a good way to do it is just don't follow the news so closely. You know, watch it like or listen to it, and like that's something I'm trying to get better at because I've on I just. By the nature of work's been really busy for me this last week. I haven't really been on my phone to read the news as much as I normally would. And it's actually been okay. Like the world continues to spin, right? Like, and if it's something where it's like really massively important that happened, um, you know, you can, you can find out. But like, I watched a little bit of local news, like daily, like, <laughs> and like about, and that was it. Like, it was just, there was definitely a detachment like just because of the sheer amount of time I didn't have this week. But like, I think that shit definitely helps. <laughs> that helps get away from the derangement syndrome is like, because the news, the 24 hour news cycle, obviously they, they, it's under the guise of news, but like, they're also no like reporting on the stuff going to keep them, you know, they have a fan base that wants to leave CNN on all, all day long. Right. Or one that wants to leave MSNBC or Fox news or whatever the, I mean, that's what they're praying on, right? Like they, they know they're. All right, we had a, a jump cut in recording there. You might have noticed uh, some technical issues uh, on this end, but we'll just keep it rolling here. I do want to mention too, Jason. By the way, you know we've missed a couple weeks here of doing the Telmon podcast. The the first uh, was my mistake, my fault, really. You know, I had a uh, uh, toothache that led to me starting the process of a root canal. Uh, and I did not reach out to you. I didn't mention that, hey, I wasn't going to be available. Um, so we, didn't, we weren't able to do one two weeks ago. And I can get more into that in a second. And then last week, we did have more technical issues uh, when we sat down to record this pod. So, uh, so it, for you loyal fans of the Telmon podcast out there, um, that's why we had not been here for the last week. So blame me and blame the, uh, the demons that live in my Wi-Fi router. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did anybody send in any emails asking where we were? Uh, uh, no, even <laughs> e- even the guys from uh, Haps TV were not curious about <laughs> our our blip and coronavirus updates. Oh man! <laughs> Once you lose Haps, you lost them all. <laughs> um, I will say, Jason, uh, you know, I I like I said, I've started the process of of a root canal, and I know that um, your dad has had a lot of root canal. You though, you you've got uh, you know good teeth. You, you haven't had any teeth problems, thankfully, right? Knock knocking on wood here. Well, I had braces as a kid. Like I had to wear them. I mean, like I think it was maybe early high school or something. I had to wear them for a while, so that sucked. But, yeah. You know that helped my teeth, but I also had to have like four of my teeth pulled, like you, you know, for that. Your, your wisdom like, teeth. Actually, no, it was like other teeth that had to be moved. So like that were not straight. Then they were like, it's not going to help by, mm. you know, with the, so what they had to, they pulled it and then they put braces on to kind of fill in the gap. So yeah, I wouldn't say I'm devoid of a dental issue. Okay. But for the most part, I just try to make point and not, you know? Yeah, I've, I've had all four of my wisdom teeth pulled. I like to mention that I had them all done at the same time, um, or at least on the same day. Not They didn't pull f- 
four people in my mouth pulling four teeth at once. That didn't happen. Um, but uh, so I'm very <laughs> proud of the fact that I, I, I lost all four on the same day. But I only the only real tooth issue I've had other than that is I have one filling, a lower right molar. Uh, I've had that for maybe like 10 or 15 years at this point. Last year, that molar broke and they had to go in and redo it. And then two weeks ago, I started having intense pain. What were you eating when the molar broke? I'm not sure. I didn't notice it till later. It like, it cracked. And then at some point later, it started, you know, hurting. It was not an immediate kind of pain. I had gotten it taken care of and that was fine. And then, like I said, you know, it, it started bothering me again. Uh, two weeks ago, a lot of pain on, on Friday. I was like, let me power through it. All day Saturday, it got a little worse, but I said, you know, I think I can hang out. You know, I, I'll be fine. Come Sunday morning, I was frantically calling dentists to see who could give me an appointment Saturday afternoon. I found a place. I go in there and they said, okay, yes, you have an infection underneath that tooth. We got to replace that molar and you'll either need a root canal, which will bring all the pus and uh, infectedness out of your, your mouth and your gums and your tooth there. And then that'll relieve the pain or and that that'll be a four part process or we can go and pull the tooth for you right now. And, uh, and you know, that'll end, end the process and end the trouble. And though that would have been the easy way out, which generally is the road I like to take for most of the other <laughs> things. Um, I decided to uh, go with the root canal because I just, I did not want to lose the tooth. I didn't, I didn't feel like having a tooth pulled at this point, especially a, um, a tooth very essential for all the uh, delicious chewing on the dominant side of my mouth. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want, I didn't want to lose one of the boys back there. So I, I, I decided to opt for the, uh, the root canal process. Are you, are you fond of any, like any one tooth more than the other? Um, you know, they all collectively work to do a lot of important stuff. You know, they're all my children. Mm -hmm. I love them equally. If you had to choose <clears throat> between losing a tooth that's like a back tooth that's definitely, you know, going to be more supportive for like chewing and eating versus like a front tooth. Yeah, see, that's a great so question. You get to, like, which one would you prefer? I would prefer in that scenario to lose the back tooth for vanity uh -huh. purposes. Got it. I, I, know think, I think I'll probably go to vanity purposes also. I know someone that has, you know, had to have a front tooth removed and it's not pretty. Wow. You know, it, <laughs> it uh, you know, it, 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 it hurts the, uh, the status hard taking someone fully seriously when they're missing a front tooth. Right. Like I hate to say it. <laughs> I don't know if I've run I mean I've run into people that have no teeth but never like a person that's just missing a front tooth and, and not oh. like not like one of the very front teeth but like if you go to the two if you, you're touching your, your teeth right here like I am you got your two in the middle right so pick either one of those right and, then, and I don't know what those teeth are called do you, do you have any idea no what idea. Your, your two front beaver teeth are called nope no okay. idea so pick either of those teeth and then go one Two is like the fang tooth, and then the next one over. I know someone that lost that tooth. But I feel like you can get away with that one. Like that, I mean, you noticed it. Like, did the person point it out? Like, I feel when like the, you can probably cover that up. In general conversation, it is not easily noticeable. But if someone's laughing, they get a little animated, right? Mm. Big smile, then it becomes clear. You say to that person, like, hey, hey, hey. 
calm the laughter down a little bit. No, not like, at all. I, mean, these, I think you, like like most people, when they see something that they don't want to look at, they just don't say anything about it. They turn away, <laughs> you know, they're embarrassed. And I don't want to embarrass my friend either. And I understand. Of you course, know? of course. I completely understand, understandable move. But I'm also going to do everything I can to not be in that circumstance. Because <laughs> I imagine the less you try to think about it, the more you're thinking about that. Like, that's all you can think about when now when you look at that person, you know? Exactly. Like, uh, like someone's got to sna- snaggle. Face, right? Like, it's just like, that's, that's who they are now. Exactly. 100%. Uh, you know, snaggle teeth, that, that, the face, all the whole thing. I just can't, I can't leave it alone at that point. You're the mole, <laughs> mole, 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 mole. <laughs> what was that from? No, uh, no, no. that's uh, Austin Powers. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing I've taken from this whole process is I do not understand the phrase "like a root canal" to describe something terrible, because so far the root canal has been very pleasant. And in fact, the first part of the whole thing where my mouth was hurting and then I had them work on it and it wasn't hurting anymore, that that was fantastic. That was great. I really appreciated that part. That was like you know they should like a root canal should be when they talk about relieving a great amount of stress and pressure from your life. Yeah. I mean, I think there's two things that could be potentially happening with that, which is one, you might be very fortunate to have had a really good dentist do the procedure really, really well. Um, maybe other folks haven't had as much luck. I've, I know my own father, like he's had some root canals where he's complained afterwards. So I, you know, I do think there's something tied to that. And like, you might be one of the people that have, um, you know, that's fortunate, um, and, and other people do suffer through them. Or number two, that phrase came around in a time when root canals were painful. Yeah. Right? Like what they've kind of, they've, they've gotten a lot better with what they're doing and they have a lot more stuff that can numb and knock you out, et cetera. So I wonder if maybe that's what's happening where root canals really did suck and they really did hurt. They just don't do it. You know, they just, that doesn't happen to be the case anymore. But I, yeah, I, would, I think it probably in one of those camps. Then let's retire the phrase because it does not make sense anymore. I agree with you, Jason. It's definitely the latter. D- dental science, <laughs> tree, dental science tree, science tree, science has come a long way. Or it could be number one. I'm saying I, I definitely don't know. I think it's number there two. There might be other folks that are suffering. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think anyone's suffering through a root canal ever? Just maybe you if you one, maybe if you got a bad dentist. It depends how good your dentist is. But uh, the tools, the anesthesia, all of that seems like, yeah, it should not be. Because they numbed me up. Oh, man. I, I was, like, numb for a few hours after it where, like, you know, my, my mouth was half asleep. So there was I was not going to be feeling any pain while they were doing it. A little That's numb. A feeling, right? Very. And they do it from your, you know, back of your mouth basically halfway through to, like, your tongue, the, the tip of your tongue. So the lower half of my mouth on the right side was all numb. Very strange. Yeah, that's hard. Made drinking and eating difficult, but not as difficult as not having the tooth, potentially. So I'll take it. Um, well, congratulations on your first root canal, then. Thank you. I'm about that root canal life now. That's how I do. And, yeah, uh, like prematurely 50. You know, if, if I, it, well, listen, I'd rather have the, the root canal than lose the tooth. I feel like the root canal is keeping me young. If I lose a tooth, now I'm getting older. Yeah, I Hey, I guess hold on to as many teeth as possible. <laughs> it's a great plan. Um, Jason, we're moving through the summer now. Um, even though coronavirus cases are rising, people still want to try and get back to some normalcy and, and things that they did before all this happened. Uh, one of the big question marks right now is sports. Uh, Major League Baseball 
set to start in a week from today, from when we record this podcast. Nationals, Yankees, they got cleared to play in D.C. at Nationals Park. First question I'll ask you, Jason, do you think that game happens a week from now? I honestly have a hard time seeing it, but I also don't want to underestimate like what people would do. You know what I mean? Um, so like there's a part of me where it's, where it would be like, I, how are you going to even pull this off? Because this is happening in Florida, you said, right? Yes. Well, no, it's um, the generally, I do believe that um, major league baseball is playing in Florida and Arizona, which are not good places to be in general. But yeah. in uh, the the season opener has gotten clearance to play in D.C. In D.C., okay. But there are going to be games after that. I mean, I don't think every team is playing – they're not playing all home games, like, you know, or regular schedule. Or, exactly. I, I, be- I believe they're not playing in a bubble like the NBA teams are, but I do believe that they're playing a majority of their games in Arizona and Florida. Yeah, which are definitely not, not the states to be in. I mean, Not I where you want to be. No, Arizona is starting to plateau a little bit, but uh, Florida isn't, you know, I mean, neither one great place. And it's also like, I don't know, it's what is being achieved. Like, I guess there are hardcore sports fans and baseball fans that will watch just the what, but I mean, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like whoever like wins, quote unquote, like it's going to be like, yeah, that's the, that's this year's World Series, like, you know, champion. Like, it's not, none of that's going to feel right. And, like, none of the players seem excited about doing it. Um, it feels like there's, like, plenty of risk involved with it. And all for what? Like, I mean, are, are, like, I, I get, like, as a society, we've got to try to move forward and entertain and all that kind of stuff and force to the place and all of that. But I don't know. I feel like we can probably deal with that one year you know, worth the sport, right? Like, I don't know if the benefit they think they're giving and getting is worth the more the risk that they're taking. Yeah, I mean, I think we could go for even longer without sports. I think the, the people are way too, like, dependent on sports for any kind of identity uh, in this country, which is probably a problem. I think people, you know, these last few months should have taken and be like, hey, sports are not that important. Instead, they're like, oh, my God, I need it more than ever. My life is so terrible. I have to watch sports. There's a lot of entertaining things out there. We're in a golden age of streaming entertainment. There's plenty of stuff for everyone. Yeah. But you know what? Some people like sports is the ultimate, right? Unscripted drama. Like, so there is that part of it where like shows and stuff will never. And I, what I mean is I can empathize with them being frustrated about it, but also then kind of feeling like, but knowing all of that and knowing it's not easy, it's still probably worthwhile to not, not do sports this year. Yeah. So some sports is unscripted drama, but most of the time it's the devil rays versus the athletics, right? <laughs> it's yeah. the, the drama that can be devoid. Um, all right. So you think there's, there's a question at Mark, at least as whether a week out here that the season starts, do you think, uh, you know, I think I'll know your answer then. Do you think that there is a resolution to the season? Do we end the 2020 MLB season crowning a champion? I, I honestly don't know because there's a part of me that just feels like this situation is 
it's not in control. So the concept of trying to do something like sports right now and especially baseball just feels like unnecessary. I'm also like, don't ever underestimate like really, really, really wealthy people like that can like get more money, right? Like, I mean, that's what this is about. And I'm not going to underestimate their desire to make more money and they'll find a way to push it through somehow. So like they really run out of options. So those two things kind of like battle it out for me because I'm like, uh, you know, there's greed, good old greed. And then there's also like, you know, we can't, we can't ignore this because people are dying. And if like one of the players get really sick or something from it, forget about it. You know, that's going to be something baseball contend with for a long time. Yeah, the one distinction I think we'll make is because I'm kind of, um, you know, got my ear to the pulse of the uh, college sports world right now because of my job. But um, I think it's going to be a harder sell for college. I think we could see baseball push through because the people that are putting themselves in the most danger are getting compensated for it in the highest of ways. Um, whereas college football they players even, they don't even want to play though there are a lot of them that don't want to actually play and, and and that's fine and you know i you know i'm surprised that they ended up reaching the deal that they made but you know listen if you don't want to play then you shouldn't play and i'm certainly not going to hold anything against that and you know that is to be worked out you know between them I, i'm lucky i work for a company that has you know made it uh, extremely accessible to, to work from home, to do everything that they need to do without forcing you to come into the office um, like, uh, like was previously needed. So, um, and I, I know a lot of other people out here have just been, you know, capped by their company and that's it. So they're done. They're, you know, they're fired, they're furloughed, they're, you know, without job right now. And that's tough. Um, and to see, uh, you know, millionaires turning down millions of dollars um, or hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, can upset them. Um, and, and I understand all that, but I also think you have a choice to make. And if that choice is to not play, then, you know, you should feel comfortable making that choice. The college athletes though, there might be more pressure for them to go along with the program than someone that's already made several million dollars and can take the season easy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and they're students, right? Like at the end of the day, the universities have to look out for their well-being, like no matter the price, the price line. And, you know, because you're right, like they're going to feel more motivated than not to be like, if the season's going to be playing and it's coming down from the highest level, meaning the NCAA says game on, like whatever their decision, if it's not to play, is not going to reflect on well on them and their ability to maybe go forward. Because one, People are going to maybe potentially judge them for the decision not to play. Um, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to, you know, college football and college basketball with this kind of stuff. Like about, so it's, that's a hard spot for like a student to have to make that decision not to do it and to live with like all of like, you know, the outcry from folks that want, you know, everybody to play just so they can get their entertainment from it. So I really, if anybody, yeah, you're right. I mean, if anybody's protected, it should be college players where there should be an organizational decision or commissioners of each conference or whatever should make a decision on this because don't let it drag out and don't put these people, like, they're kids at the end of the day. Like, don't put them at risk, you know? One year isn't going to potentially end anybody if they have to stay in college one more year, you know, whatever, right? But, but like, I don't think, I don't get what like 
rushing to try to put on a football game or a basketball game to accomplish. Well, because uh, like Ed Orgeron, the head coach of uh, national champion LSU, said this country and the state of Louisiana need football. Although he probably said it more like this, they need football. <laughs> he said I mean, they need football. It's the lifeblood of the country, Jason. Aren't you? Aware? I don't. I don't disagree with the fact that folks want their sports, but I also need or need, need their Jason. sports, and there might be a there might be a part of the population that need their sports, right? And that's the whole other thing, but. But what it comes down to at the end of the day is that I also don't like insult everyone's intelligence to be like, this like doesn't come off a bit farcical, right? Like it just doesn't feel like the authentic thing. Like, you know, with all of like the external variables of like, shouldn't be playing, there is no fans, like, you know, um, it's shortened seasons all around in all a lot of these sports. Like, like it all just doesn't feel real. So even the folks that are like, I need my sports. I imagine there's a part of them that they, you, they really admitted it. It's like, it doesn't feel like the same thing. I don't know if I really want to fight for, you know, if it's not going to be what the real thing was, you know? Yeah. So, you know, for some of those reasons you laid out, I actually don't think that there will be a college football season this year. It'd be very surprising to me. I know some, like the uh, Ivy League has already pushed it back to the spring. That's still a possibility for some of these uh, big time schools, but We'll see about that. Would you agree that the college football season is probably going to be out, more, at least, you know, in the probabilities? Not, we're not saying anything definite here, but more likely to not go off than, than two. Yeah, I, I would love to say I think it's most likely that it won't happen. Um, and I'm going to say, I mean, I'll cop out and say I really don't know. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. You know, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm hoping that it doesn't. And I'm not doing that with any kind of glee about it because you know what? Like, like I completely get it. Like college football isn't my jam. Like I, I'd rather watch a pro game. You know, I don't watch a ton of football in general, but if I'm going to watch it, I'd rather watch a pro game. Um, but like, I get the fervor for college football. Like I get how much of like people's identities in that, like whole regions and areas and like a lot of culture that's built around it. Like, you know, I get the, all of that. Like, and I don't like I was saying, I don't, I'm not saying it in a way of like, good, that it's not happening. It's just more of like, this doesn't feel like your season, right? Like, it doesn't feel like college football the way you remember it. Like, is getting a bastardized version of it, is it even worth it, right? Like, especially compared to the risk of like some of these guys that you're rooting for getting sick potentially, or the people that everyone doesn't think about is there's still got to be some people there that has to, it's not just the players that, you know, they work in the organization, they work in like the arenas, they work to set all this stuff up. Like folks are getting sick and for at what cost, right? Like if it would be one thing, if it was going to be a full regular season and everything was going to be full, like regular, like the way that we remember it, I can get it and I can get really the, all right, maybe it's worth it for that. But if it's not even going to be like a real version of the thing, like let it go if you can, you know? Yeah, and and for those reasons, is you know, uh, now listen, the Pete you're saying is maybe some people do need it. Yes, Jason, it's a lifeblood according to Ed Orgeron. They need it, um, and I think they would take that bastardized bastardized version of college football. But I'm more on the side of that's what will happen with the NFL. The NFL will push forward because they have paid athletes because um, you know the stakes are so much higher in the NFL that college football can't put these players out in a situation. Um, that it's dangerous uh, 
and then say, but it's too dangerous for the students to come to classes, which is, I think, also where we're headed. So I don't think that college football will happen, but I would not be surprised to see the NFL play at, at least a shortened season this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised by what people are willing to try to do, especially if there is high dollars, like, you know, at stake. Uh, so that wouldn't be surprising to me at all if they somehow try to push ahead. But I, I'm also, like, uh, I'm, I'm curious, like, how many people that haven't been watching sports up to this point, like, they kind of get used to that. Like, separation from sports, like, that's something I've had, like, I used to watch every Jet game. I don't watch any, you know, like I'll watch a Jet game here and there, but I don't watch every game every season. Uh, like the Knicks, way, way better for your health to not watch all the Jets games. Yeah, but I mean, like the Yankees even, like there would be a point where I probably would watch like close to almost 160 games, right? Ugh. Way less like than that. Like, you know, and most of the reason that we're even is that my wife likes putting on the on the radio for the <laughs> game. Yeah. She's a Yankee fan, but she just likes it as, like, she enjoys the game. She enjoys, like, it as background noise, but also, like, it's a good game. It's a good way to have several hours pass by while you do other things. It's always kind of, like, a good way that she puts it. Um, That's a good way to describe baseball. So, yeah, and we stay, like, and we'll have it on, like, you know, or sometimes we'll, we'll turn it on and it's a good, you know, just watch the game. And But it I'm not as invested as I once was. And like, for me, it works because at that time when I was probably so like, or it's like, man, I got to watch every game and like read about every single article I can read about like that thing. It was probably felt like I didn't understand how anybody could like not do all of these things. Right. And now it's like forcibly detaching myself for some of that stuff made me realize also like, well, that was like, okay, yeah, actually you can like be okay without all that stuff and watch it when you feel like watching it and it's fine and, and you know, you don't have to like, but I also remember being that invested in something and sometimes that's fun, I guess, right? Being that lost in something and that passionate about something. So I'm not judging anyone about it, but I'm just, I don't know, like I could understand it, like, but it, it. But having some separation because of the corona and because of COVID, I wonder if like people are just gonna be rushing back, right? Like maybe they have other things they're gonna be doing. They're not gonna prioritize watching like every night is gonna be watching the game. Hey, listen, who needs MLB when you have new episodes of Chopped on Tuesday nights, Jason? <laughs> well, Lisa, I thought you were gonna do a 90-day drop there. <laughs> no, well that too. I mean, you got enough of those. We got, you know. Between Pillow Talk and the new episodes, you got like four or five hours on Sunday to go through, you know, a couple hours on Monday. They're doing the, the, the Inception version of 90 Day Fiance where they react to people reacting to their episodes. It's a lot to take in. But you know what? It's entertaining. And Chopped is good, too. You know, what better competition than Chopped? You know, I'd like to see Ezekiel uh, Elliott try to make a stir fry out of, uh, you know, gummy bears. And uh, pecans. I missed the reference. Like, what is Chopped the cooking show, right? Chopped is a cooking show. You would definitely be into it. They present you. That, you know, I think I lost it. You got me? Hello? Are you back yet? Yeah, you got me? Jay, you, you got me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. So, I, 
Chopped is a cooking show, yes, and I think you would definitely be into it. Uh, it starts with four contestants, all chefs, and they are presented uh, a box, each of them. And in their box is several ingredients. They all have the same ingredients in these box, and it's all random stuff. You know, sometimes there's a theme to the things, but they're all random. And you have to use each ingredient, at least somehow, some way, in your dish uh, that you present to the uh the judges and there's like three or four judges and uh one of the original guys from queer eye for the straight guy the food guy from that show he's the host and um and you know one, each allen. each round yeah ted allen ted, ted allen yeah each each round someone is eliminated until you just have the one chopped you know champion um and uh yeah very interesting and creative and uh you know exciting people you get like uh 15 minutes to cook your appetizer let's go you know, <laughs> the pressure's on so you uh, you should watch chopped i think you would enjoy it yeah sounds good <laughs> do you what do you watch a lot of cooking shows or not really i i get in like my moods where i feel like watching them and then there are times where i don't but i like um like Ever, you put me on to David Chang, so I watched both of his, I think, uh, his series that he had on Netflix. Like, that was really enjoyable. But it usually has to have, like, a spin on it of some sort. Like, if it's just a straight cooking show, I'll probably lose interest in it. But if it has, like, a little more story or context and backdrop and it's really talking about other stuff outside of just food, like, I don't need, like, that much food porn, you know? Yeah, now, David Chang is a lot cooler than Phil Rosenthal. But you should check out Somebody Feed Phil, also on Netflix. Cooking travel show um, where it's the guy that was the producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, and, you know, um, Doris Roberts' character <laughs> on, uh, on Everybody Loves Raymond, um, you know, she was based on Phil Rosenthal's mother. So, uh, but he goes around, travels all over the, the world, eats delicious food and has a good time doing it, meets interesting people. So I would recommend there's a few seasons of that as well. So I'd recommend that one for you. Okay. I mean, while you're waiting for something right, to fill your void of Yankees baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's plenty of options on TV, I guess, or on stream or whatnot. I've, I've actually been watching Hannibal. Like you ever like the series Hannibal? Like I started. I've heard of it. I have not. I have not watched it. I'm on to season two of it. So that's actually been what I've, you know, what I wanted to unwind. Like honestly, after work, maybe an hour or so, or hour and a half before I go to sleep, I'll just throw on an episode or two. And see, we were in before before quarantine started. We were in a good click of watching um, movies and TV shows that we wanted to. We had gone through all of the Marvel movies in order. Um, and that was great. And then we had started Star Wars and we were going to kind of keep going through some of these franchises and it wasn't quarantine or, you know, sports being not on that derailed us. It was the puppy because suddenly sitting down for 45 minutes to an hour and a half to three hours uh, <laughs> at a time was just not going to be uh, allowed anymore. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Um, yeah. I can't actually remember the last time I watched a movie. Really? Even like on TV? Like, Yeah, I mean, so like me and my wife, like we watch together, like what we watch is like, usually we either put on the news, we'll watch some stuff, clips on like YouTube of like stuff like Colbert or like The Daily Show and uh, and like news clips on there or, you know, I'll just sometimes scroll through randomly. But another big thing we watch on like YouTube is a lot of like boxing 
like explainer videos about like things that, you know or stuff that's happened in history or like oh here's something about like you know some kind of informational shit that's actually very enjoyable you know? and, and uh like it, it's nice right but we don't watch like many shows right now collectively where we watch like great to frankie or watch like you know, different shows. But right now, I don't think we have, like, a, a fictional show that we're watching at all. Are you aware of and the... we definitely uh, haven't watched the movie. Are you aware of the SNL song or digital short yeah. about Grace and Frankie? Huh? Are you aware of the uh, SNL digital short or song of uh, about Grace and Frankie? No. All right, I'll, I'll, pass, I'll pass that over to you. You can also check right. it out on YouTube if you're listening, but I'll, I'll send that to you directly. Um, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, Jason, I do want to mention uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg announced that she was uh, diagnosed uh, with, um, I believe it was pancreatic cancer. Is there, was that right? Or no? I think it was her liver, 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 liver cancer return. Yes. She's been dealing go. with this or she's had bouts of this. Yeah. So that has returned that she said that she's still uh, fully able to do her job, um, you know, at full steam. Uh, so we hope uh, the best for her. We, uh, we need her right now. Um, and, but certainly we'll hope the best, uh, you know, for her health wise and that she's able to, uh, continue doing all the things that she wants to do. Um, we can, as we, you know, move closer to the election and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, she is able to pull through this. We could talk more about her role of, uh, in these last two weeks, the Supreme court made a bunch of decisions, uh, some surprising, some not, uh, maybe surprising us who was on the each side of the decisions, but we can break those down as we, uh, we move forward here. Um, I also want to ask you, Jason, you've had now an additional two weeks since we've first mentioned it. Do I need to reset my Disney <laughs> password or have you watched Hamilton? I have not watched Hamilton. What are you I, doing? I'm watching Hannibal. I already told you what I was doing. But all right. So how long is an episode of Hannibal? Like 45 minutes. And do you want, do you binge them? Do you watch multiple ones at a time? I usually watch one to two and, in a night okay so you can watch an an act of hamilton in one sitting watch it it's that'll be you know 90 minutes go to bed the next night watch act two yeah but i could be watching hannibal instead though but hannibal's not going anywhere Jason. and nor, nor is nor, hamilton nor is it nor is it the cultural and you know phenomenon that Hamilton's. <laughs> no I, one is out like here I on said, the streets I, asking you if you watched <laughs> Hamilton yet. I'm oh, sorry, if you watched Hannibal yet. Nobody cares. Nobody's quote quoting uh, Hannibal. It's the same thing that I mentioned to you before when you brought up Hamilton, which is that every time I think about like I could be putting like what three hours of my time into this, I'm like, yeah, no. I, like, I don't have the motivation to do it. So I'm not going to find the motivation to be like, let me go check this out. Yeah. The motivation I, is you can continue to use Disney Plus on my dime. That should be your motivation. Watch all the X-Men that you want after you've gone through Hamilton. I actually haven't even logged on. So I'm not even taking, you know, uh, advantage of your generosity because now I'm, I'm starting to feel like it's a slight against me that you're like purposely like now I just can't do it. I've dug my heels in too much. No, it's just more you're so you're that like I it probably. No, I, I'm sure I will like a lot of parts of it. 
it's just more of, again, watch the idea of, I don't watch musicals. Like, you know, like maybe that's it. Like I don't really watch musicals. Um, so I, it's not a genre I'm like, I'm in like into in that way. So I don't like, I'm sure if I go to a show somewhere live, I'd probably be able to appreciate and enjoy it. But I don't really watch, go out of my way to watch musicals. I don't see myself necessarily wanting to then watch three hours of one. Like, you know, it's not even necessarily Hamilton specific. It's just more, I just don't think I wa watch musicals like that. Even Grease? Like, I think we watch Grease in school, but I'm not like <laughs> pulling it up to watch it now. Like, you know, like I never watched like any made from like, you know, musicals that went to TV. Cause that's effectively what this is, right? Like I watch Mamma Mia, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> But that's this is different because this is the Broadway show shot with cameras. This is not re-shot, you know, with, you know, sets and, you know, different kind of elements to make it seem more like, you know, a digestible movie. This is the show on the stage and they have cameras for it. Yeah, which makes it seem even rougher, right? <laughs> uh, Jason, Jason, you know what? I'm just so frustrated. It's hard, it's hard to talk to you. Did you watch it, though? I mean, you, you, you know ever, what? You have Hamilton derangement syndrome. That's the problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find it? I mean, outside of just wanting me to watch it for some reason so sadly, how did, did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Was it worth the wait? Um, I wish I had, you know, just laid down the bucks to go see it live with the original cast, right? Like, you know, reflecting on it, it would have been something that was probably, you know, I'm into it so much that it would have been worth the high price. Maybe not worth the high price, just in general or worth the high price for someone else. But because I was so into it in the first place, I probably would have gotten enough out of it to make it worthwhile. So I wish I saw it in the theater. Um, you know, so in that sense, you know, maybe it was not worth the wait because it would have been better to see it right off the bat. Um, but it was certainly enjoyable. I got a lot out of it. I'm going to mm -hmm. watch it again. Um, and I, you know, the songs are now all stuck in my head again. And, and that's a good thing because I enjoy the music. Does your girlfriend like it? Yes. Did she like it before knowing how much you liked it? Um, so she was not really that aware of it before. She knew it existed, but she didn't really start listening to it until I was trying to put her onto it. Mm -hmm. And then she liked it, but she didn't get as um, intense into the soundtrack as I did. But mm -hmm. we both agreed watching the show that there were several moments where we got chills, that we were really, you know, enjoyed how they did it. So mm -hmm. I don't want to give you any spoilers, Jason. Oh, you know what? Watching. No, 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 she's no. a great girlfriend. No, then. No, <laughs> no spoiler there. All right. Um, anything else before we get out of here, Jay? You wanna you wanna hit on? You good? No, I, I think you covered it all. And you know, you can check in with me next week about Hamilton. Yeah, because that the countdown is on now. I, now I need it. <laughs> you know, I was giving you a buffer. I, I want you to watch the first act of Hamilton. Otherwise, changing that password. You know, you're not getting into that Disney Plus anymore. No more uh, That's So Raven for you. <laughs> you know what I should say? That's So Raven. <laughs> yeah, after the first act of Hamilton. You can watch it all over. <laughs> all right. Until then, we'll uh, get the load on on uh, how Jason avoided Hamilton next week. Uh, but until then, I'm Tony Skaggs. He's Jason. Peace. Peace. Peace.